Mormonism 101 for Teens is a valuable resource for anyone wanting a simplified view of the Mormon religion from a Christian perspective. Mormonism 101 for Teens is available at your favorite Christian bookstore or at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What is New Testament faith? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been looking at an article in the April 2022 edition of the Leahona Magazine. This is a magazine that is written for adult members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, This article that we are looking at was titled, I Do Not Know the Meaning of All Things and That's Okay. It was written by a woman named Megan Thompson Ramsey, who starts off her piece by telling the story of when she was on her mission, she was confronted by an investigator, that's someone who shows some interest in her church, who was asking for physical or tangible evidence that the Book of Mormon was true. Megan concluded that she didn't have the answers to her question, but she says, I realized it wouldn't have mattered if I had physical evidence to prove the Book of Mormon was true, as she says proof wouldn't give her faith. So we've been kind of dissecting what she's saying here and asking the question, was this woman really wrong to ask for some kind of evidence for the Book of Mormon? We most certainly feel that she was perfectly within her rights, and she should have been asking for this. But then Megan is going to talk about what faith is, and she has a section in here. So what is faith? Well, What does she say in that section, Eric? Faith isn't just belief, it's a principle of action. Faith in Christ leads to action, it leads to sincere and lasting change. And while the world says that faith is following blindly, I've come to understand that faith is trusting that God will give me confirmation of truth when I act. Well, let me stop you there, Eric, because I don't think that we would really have an argument with that. If you truly believe something is true, you are going to act on it. I believe the New Testament is true, and I believe the New Testament has guidelines for how I should behave as a Christian, so my life is patterned after that belief. I want to live a life that gives glory and honor to the one who saved me. So I would agree with what she's saying in that particular paragraph. But then she goes on to say, Having faith in Jesus Christ means relying completely on Him, trusting in His infinite power, intelligence, and love. It includes believing His teachings. It means believing that even though you do not understand all things, He does. Let me ask you a question, Eric. If we were to bring up a teaching of Christ that, let's say, a Latter-day Saint does not agree with, would they really be believing in all of Jesus' teachings? Or would they be trusting in the commentary that their prophet, Joseph Smith, gave regarding those teachings? Remember, they believe the Bible, as they say, as far as it's translated correctly. What that really means is there's some things in the Bible that they don't believe. And so Joseph Smith, as their guide, counsels them to not put a total trust in what those particular passages have to say. 
I would argue that when she says having faith in Jesus Christ means relying completely on him, I agree totally with that statement. But my question is, does Megan really mean that? Does any Latter-day Saint really mean that when it comes to their salvation? Are they really having faith that Jesus Christ means relying completely on him? Because you and I, Eric, would say absolutely in our lives, we are trusting completely on what Christ did on our behalf. If we are saved by works at all, they are only the works of Christ that save us. Does Megan believe that? Or would Megan, if she's a faithful Latter-day Saint, would she have to admit that, well, Jesus did some things, but I have to do some things too if I hope to get the benefits of that atonement? What does Hebrews chapter 1 have to say in the New Testament, Eric? It says, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So we do understand that faith is believing in things that we don't really have all the evidence for. I would go along with that. Hebrews chapter 11 actually says that. Let me read to you from a commentary by a Christian theologian, the late Simon Kistemacher. He died in 2017, but for 52 years out of his life, he was a professor at a Christian school teaching theology. This is what he says regarding chapter 11. When we see chapter 11 in the context of Hebrews, the author's design to contrast faith with the sin of unbelief becomes clear. Over against the sin of falling away from the living God, the writer squarely places the virtue of faith. Those people who shrink from putting their trust in God are destroyed, but those who believe are saved. Then he has a section under assurance. He asks, what is true faith? Kistemacher goes on to tell this story of a German theology professor by the name of Zacharias Ursinus, who formulated his personal faith this way. And this is what Kistemacher cites. True faith, created in me by the Holy Spirit through the gospel, is not only a knowledge and conviction that everything that God revealed in his word is true, but also a deep-rooted assurance that not only others, but I too have had my sins forgiven, have been made forever right with God, and have been granted salvation. These are gifts of sheer grace earned for us by Christ. Now my question is, could Megan Ramsey agree with that statement that was cited by Kistemacher? Kistemacher goes on to say, the author of Hebrews expresses that same assurance in much more concise wording, citing, faith is being sure of what we hope for. He goes on to say the expression, being sure of, is given as substance in other translations. And I would say even in the King James that Latter-day Saints tend to respect more than other versions. Kistemacher goes on to say, the difference between these translations arise from understanding the original Greek word hypostasis, subjectively or objectively. 
If I am sure of something, I have certainty in my heart, he writes. This is a subjective knowledge because it is within me. Assurance, then, is a subjective quality. By contrast, the word substance is objective because it refers to something that is not part of me. Rather, substance is something on which I can rely. As one translation has it, faith is the title deed of things hoped for. That, in fact, is objective. And I would agree with what Kistemacher is having to say. My question, though, is, would Megan Thompson Ramsey agree with that? Because she's the one that makes the comment, having faith in Jesus Christ means relying completely on him. I would argue that that's not really the faith that most Latter-day Saints have. Now, maybe Megan Thompson Ramsey has kind of gone rogue on this. Maybe she does believe that. But most Latter-day Saints would never say that what Jesus did was enough to purchase their exaltation, their resurrection perhaps, but not their exaltation. And there are plenty of leaders that have made that very clear. Let me give you Ninth President David O. McKay in his book Gospel Ideals on page 8. This is what he writes. Faith, grace, and works. The fallacy that Jesus has done all for us and live as we may, if on our deathbed we only believe we shall be saved in his glorious presence, is most pernicious. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, has given us the means whereby man may obtain eternal happiness and peace in the kingdom of our Father, but man must work out his own salvation through obedience to the eternal principles and obedience of the gospel. For centuries, men have been blinded by the false teaching of, quote-unquote, belief alone sufficient, and today there is manifest on every hand the sorry plight into which this and other perverse doctrines have thrown the pseudo-Christian sects. The world is in sore need at the present time of the gospel of individual effort, the gospel of faith and works. He who will not grasp this means provided him will sink beneath the waves of sin and falsehood. Let me give you another quote from Heber J. Grant, seventh president. This is what he says in Gospel Standards, pages 36 and 37. If we keep the commandments of God, he will love us and the Savior will manifest himself unto us. If we fail to keep the commandments of God, there is no promise made to us. It is the keeping of the commandments of God that causes men to grow and to become strong and powerful in the church and kingdom of God. Now, those were just two among hundreds of quotes that could be cited on this subject. But does it not sound, Eric, by what you just read, that this isn't really relying completely on Christ? That's found on page 27. There's a synergism that's involved. If this atonement is going to work for a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, certainly there are certain things that Jesus accomplished to make that happen. But in order for you to receive the benefit of what he provides, there are things that you must do as well. And as you mentioned, if you don't do it, then Jesus isn't required to do anything on your behalf. The most you can hope for is 
resurrection from the dead and placement in some lower kingdom based on what you did do, whether you really believed in Jesus or not. It doesn't really even matter at this point. But that's what would happen to you. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, meaning relying completely on him, you sound like a Protestant. Because that's what Protestants believe. We believe it's totally based on what Christ has accomplished for us. There is nothing that we can possibly add to the holy, I should say holy spell H-O-L-Y, as well as W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy on what Jesus did for us. We cannot add anything to our justification. This is why when you're talking to a Latter-day Saint and the word salvation is used, you need to understand what exactly is meant by that word salvation. Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th president, distinguished between what he called general salvation versus individual salvation or exaltation. Everybody's going to get a resurrection, as you mentioned, Bill, because of our obedience in the preexistence, according to what Mormonism teaches. But only those who keep all the commandments continually are going to be able to get exaltation and be able to go to the celestial kingdom. If that's the case, as you've just spelt out, and I think the quotations that you gave seem to prove it, then a faithful Latter-day Saint, even though they might say that they have faith in Jesus Christ and they might say that they are relying completely on him, the fact of the matter is, by their actions, based on the faith that they really have— they show that that's not really what they're doing. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.